This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome to Tech Talk this morning here on Enterprise. The need for having data sharing in healthcare through electronic records is more prevalent than ever. For the healthcare industry, big data can provide several important benefits, including lower rate of medication errors, facilitating preventative care, more accurate staffing, and onwards. However, due to the increasing number of cybersecurity attacks on healthcare systems, there is going to be more scrutiny regarding health data sharing. On the phone with me right now, I have Antonio De Castro, Senior Industry Consultant, Health and Life Sciences at SAS. We're going to be talking about this and some other things. Antonio, welcome to the show. Hello, Richard. Thanks for having me today. My absolute pleasure, and thank you very much for joining me. Now, Antonio, I'm just going to kick it off. Uh, for for the longest time, healthcare records have been paper-based, and it's not until relatively recently that even some of the larger hospitals and clinics here in Malaysia and elsewhere have finally made the switch to electronic health records. Why do you think this adoption has taken so long? Yes, so that's a good question, and that's really... Uh globally the case right yeah i think the biggest mind block as with a lot of things is is the mindset and the behavior Mm -hmm. because uh we always have a tendency of course to stick to the old ways uh if something is not broke why why fix it right yeah so so there has never been an how do you say an evident problem according to the healthcare systems the hospitals and the doctors about keeping the records in that way and I think right. it, this sort of segues into uh, the way we are using those information as well, right? So mm-hmm. we, there's not necessarily a problem of uh, having paper records if what I'm primarily doing with it is, is storing these information, storing these records uh, for my patients, uh, looking right. into medical history as such. Yeah. Now, well, now there's a little bit more push in terms of using this data for other purposes, right? Yeah, notably, yeah. Uh, notably in terms of aggregating them, looking at them, and and looking at the population as a whole in terms of uh, health. Mm-hmm. So I think that that would be the first thing that comes to my mind when it comes to mm. adoption. I mean, even now, if I were to you know ask for my medical records for a healthcare provider. I'd have to physically go there to collect them, and then I'd have to get them printed out to share them with a, another healthcare provider. <laughs> and of all services, do you not think that the healthcare industry would be one of the industries to benefit most by sharing information digitally? Yes. So I think in general, uh, sharing information and sharing data uh, is always beneficial, right? And even mm. more so, of course, in the healthcare industry, because uh, the different healthcare providers can learn from each other, yeah. right? So so having that, uh, of course, this is sensitive data. Mm-hmm. Uh, privacy is, is uh, you know, is, is paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, there's that reluctance of, of let's say, easily sharing uh, uh, these data. Yeah. I mean, that, that was going to be my next question. You know, is that the stumbling block, do you think? You know, because these records are extremely personal and extremely sensitive. Yes, so I think that's uh, that is uh, part of the roadblock 
the security mm. and the privacy is definitely uh, a point to that. But again, now we have technologies that are uh, catching up and there are uh, more adoption of these technologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the people are now also educated in terms of, you know, uh, levels of security when it comes to such platforms. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's really where uh, uh, people and healthcare providers will, will have peace of, peace of mind in terms of uh, the data they're having is secure. If there's proper governance of the data that they're having. Mm-hmm. And governance, of course, alludes to, uh, you know, how data is being handled, right? Uh, in, in multiple ways. Two of the main ones is uh, access to the data. Who yeah. has proper access to this data, right? Because, uh, yeah. of course, the doctor needs to, to know uh, everything about their patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but some of the staff in the hospital uh, doesn't necessarily need to know those, right? Mm-hmm. And then the, the other part of it is, um, is about uh, traceability, right? Yeah. I need to know what, if for the people who have access to, to the data, what are they going to do with that? Why do right. they have? Why do they have to have access? Right? Because yeah. we we know what the doctor is going to do with the data because he needs to assess uh, the patient. Mm-hmm. But but for other entities, for example, if I'm if I'm in a clinical trial, uh, if if my hospital is participating in a clinical trial, um, and I'm sharing this data for research purposes, I need to have transparency about who is uh, who is going to have access. What are they exactly going to do with that? Mm. Um, and their level of access, and of course, there are uh, there are ways to uh, protect the data by anonymizing, because the the people in the uh, that will analyze the data doesn't necessarily need to know the address and the phone number, you know, uh, yeah. and the email of yeah, the yeah. Uh, of the patients that I'm uh, that I have in my database. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's the that <laughs> what I would see would be the the main points of governance. In short, yes. Okay. <laughs> what about then um, in, in terms of uh, digital infrastructure? I mean, it, it's only in the last few years that we've seen, uh, here in Malaysia at least anyway, um, I, I know it's different in Singapore, um, you know, fairly decent internet speeds, you know, uh, and, and that's that's been an issue for, for a, a, a the longest time in, in, in Malaysia. But in other parts of Southeast Asia, what about the, the digital in, infrastructure? Is, is that in place and ready to go for, for this kind of thing uh, here in Malaysia and other parts of Southeast Asia? Um, yes. So in general, I think the, well, I can answer it in two parts. In terms of technology and technology adoption, uh, the technology is there, right? I mean, uh, everyone uh, in Southeast Asia or uh Majority of the countries are are tech savvy, mobile first, uh, and you know uh, very much aware about uh, all the different things uh, that the internet provides. Mm-hmm. Um, so the technologies are there. It's just again the adoption, right? right, uh, right. There has uh, there needs to be a push uh, to accelerate things uh, and to have this digital transformation in the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And uh, effectively, basically, that's what the pandemic has provided us. Right. Right. Uh, a, yeah. a push and uh, uh, it showed us the need. It really shone a light in terms of uh, what we need in the healthcare system, uh, digital transformation, as well mm-hmm. as uh, sharing of, of information uh, in order to uh, have better outcomes, better health outcomes. Mm. Um, just before we go into the break, because we, we come into the, the end of this segment here and um, – this is kind of a broad question, but it might lead us in, into a nice break. And it's the idea of just how critical is um, 
delivery how critical to delivering effective healthcare is the this idea of interoperability and and data sharing i mean it's a broad question um but how critical is it first uh, i think i need to define uh, what interoperability is right yeah. so it's the ability of different information systems uh, devices and applications as such to access exchange and integrate uh data right uh in a coordinated manner so that well, so that the organization can make effective use of this data. Because mm-hmm. as you know, within a single hospital, you can have multiple systems that are that have uh, basically different standards and using uh, different uh, systems, basically, right? Yeah, uh, if I yeah. take an example, there's, there's, you're gonna have, in a hospital, you're gonna have your hospital management software. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna have your electronic health records. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can you're gonna have your machines and medical devices, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and ev- and maybe you have a lab and you have lab re- lab results. Those are coming. Uh, those are different data sources uh, that are potentially using or most likely using different systems. Right. So so having interoperability would mean that those different systems can be combined and can be looked at together when, of course, when adequate and when necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that gives us a holistic view of uh, the organization and the healthcare industry in uh, in general. Okay. Hold that thought, Antonio. Let's take a short break here. Uh, and there's a few things that you mentioned just there that, I, that I'd like to break down a little bit more when we come back after the break, if you don't mind. Okay. Thank you. Okay, uh, folks, you are tuned in to Tech Talk here on Enterprise on BFM. I'm on the phone with Antonio De Castro, Senior Industry Consultant for Health and Life Sciences over at SAS. We're talking uh, about interoperability and its impact to the healthcare system, amongst other things. Join us after the break. We've got some more questions for Antonio. This is Tech Talk here on BFM 89.9. Spanish feudal mentality. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Tech Talk here on Enterprise, on BFM. I'm on the phone with Antonio De Castro, Senior Industry Consultant, Health and Life Sciences over at SAS. We're talking a little bit about interoperability in the healthcare system. That's a mouthful, you know, to be able to say that in one sentence, Antonio. Now, um, when I was doing a bit of research into uh, interoperability, um, a few things that kind of, um, you know, I, I thought about. And for me, I felt as though it had three major benefits. Um, better care coordination, um, higher performance, as in, you know, better data analysis, and, and a better experience, kind of, you know, the reduction of redundant administration work and, and that kind of thing. Are there any other areas that I, I could be missing out that you might be able to flesh out for me? So uh, again, those are those are three points that are very important and are uh, very much connected to each mm. other, right? So you mentioned uh, 
better care coordination. Uh, yeah. Yes. So so we like to talk about medical resource resource optimization right mm-hmm. in, in healthcare setting because and of course uh, having more having a lot of informed uh, data right that are integrated with each other uh, yeah. due to interoperability basically gives you a better grasp uh, of those things so i'm going to know if i have enough stock of of a certain drug or right. uh, i'm going to i'm going to know about certain you know the capacity of my hospital and mm-hmm. where my machines are being used and all of that so that's basically uh, medical resource optimization and uh, which leads to of course higher performance and better experience for the patients well both yeah. for the patients and the healthcare provider yeah, because yeah. there's going to be less waiting time you're optimizing your resources you're not mm-hmm. asking people to to come and wait for 2 hours before it's their turn so mm. those are definitely i'm just reiterating them because indeed uh, these are very important mm. but what i'd like to highlight because again my background is in is in data science mm. um is is that particular aspect right the fact that we uh interoperability basically gives us uh a lot more data to work with right, right. A, a lot a lot more data to work with together especially nowadays where there's a lot of new systems uh coming into play Internet of Medical Things, uh, connected devices. Uh, That's a this, new term, the Internet of Medical Things. Yes, I so, haven't heard that before. So it's uh, basically it's uh, uh, the application of IoT, Internet of Things, within the healthcare system, right? So very it's, interesting. It alludes to similar technologies like sensors, but applied, yeah. of course, in the in in the medical setting. So uh, my point was that, again, with this abundance of new types of data and this new technology, uh, interoperability helps with stitching all those together um, so that we can have uh, an even more holistic view of, uh, of, of the information and, and, and the data itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also uh, hear a lot, of course, about uh, AI, machine learning and advanced yeah. uh, uh, artificial intelligence in healthcare. And this is effectively a, a reality now. Uh, we're even working with uh, what we call computer vision, in which uh, we analyze film data, right, mm-hmm. videos, mm-hmm. to assist, for example, in uh, surgical procedures, right? Oh, so, so, interesting. Yes. So whether it's for actually assisting uh, directly or if it's for training purposes, mm. uh Artificial intelligence is uh, is now playing a key role in terms of uh, uh, leveraging what data we're collecting mm. in the healthcare space. That's very interesting. Um, okay, now um, we, you you mentioned earlier on, uh, and we've we've talked about it a little bit here about within whether or not it's a hospital or, or wherever. There's going to be multiple different systems, um, mm-hmm. you know, operating at the same time. Uh, and it kind of made me wonder whether or not there, there's an international standard for healthcare data. I mean, I have heard of FHIR, um, Fast Healthcare Interoperability Resources. I, I don't know if that's just a U.S. thing. Is is that an international standard, or is it? And or do we have something similar here in uh, Southeast Asia? So uh, yes, that's that's a good point. And indeed, uh, so fire. Uh, or oh, it's fine. I do apologize. Yeah, yes, no, yes. More, more completely, it's uh, <laughs> H, HL7 Fire. So it's health level system. 
Uh, and as you mentioned, right, fire is fast healthcare interoperability resources. Mm. So this is a set of standards and formats and definitions for electronic health records. And fire in particular is concentrating on interoperability. This yeah. is uh, this is a let's say international uh, standard that was okay. uh, there's a consortium that basically uh, created these standards and continue to update them. This is so uh, fire is the latest uh, I would say iteration of this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say there are multiple standards that are existing, right? There's uh, and with different purposes. So for interoperability, it's going to be fire, but when it comes to if you drill down a little bit in terms of uh, uh, Something as standard as naming convention within within hospital systems, right? There's a SNOMED, which is Systemized Nomenclature of Medicine, for example, as well as ICD-10, International Classification of Diseases. So um, what I see in uh, in Asia is an adoption of these, right? Or at least versions of these, not necessarily uh, creating our own here in, in ASEAN. Right. Because I think... I think the global standards, international standards, make sense. So again, yeah, it's yeah. a matter of it's a matter of adoption. But a lot of the conversation is coming more around um, uh, representation, mm-hmm. right? About about the Asian population, or at least data coming out of Asia, uh, being represented in uh, globally. Because as you may as you may know, um, you know, due to the history and the West being uh, having a sort of a uh, first take on on clinical trials and data analyses. Yeah. A lot of the standards, a lot of the data, uh, a lot of the standards are were developed there, and it yeah. was basing on data that was primarily from uh, from the U.S. and Europe. Yeah. So, yeah. so now what's important is really that there's an exchange that data quality data coming out of Asia is shared internationally, and that that uh, maybe there's some revision or or uh, at least, uh, how to say, classification and segmentation when it comes to applying these standards. Right. Well, that makes sense. Absolute sense. Okay, I, I think I've got uh, one question left here, Antonio, before, before I let you go. Uh, and and we, we spoke about, you know, data collection earlier on and uh, privacy. Uh, I, I suppose really we should look at, you know, security just before we wrap up, because that, that's a big thing right now. Um, you know things like cybersecurity when when digitizing the the healthcare landscape, uh, and, and that's top of mind for a lot of people right now. Especially when uh, I don't know what it's like within healthcare industry right now, and people working from home. I suspect there's not a lot of healthcare professionals, you know, working from home, um, but there might be. And how do we overcome this threat of cybersecurity? Because we hear that you know healthcare, the healthcare industry. It is a big target of some of these cyber criminals, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna look at it, uh, Richard, in in the angle, of course, of of analytics, right, of data analytics, mm-hmm. um, because again, uh, sort of like the the technicalities of it, uh, having the the proper environments and, and platforms, uh, that's that's quite a different domain. What's what's important for me because again, uh, SAS concentrates on on uh, the analyses of data mm. uh, is is some of the things that I alluded to earlier already, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Form of of security would be again uh, what we call what we refer to as as data governance, right? Yeah. So having having the proper access rights, right, and having 
visibility about about who is having these access rights and if there's mm-hmm. actual movement in in terms of these users right so mm-hmm. i have the proper access rights that uh, person a uh, has access to this amount of data b uh, to a lesser degree uh, this amount of data mm-hmm. but that's not enough i also need to see okay are uh, if they're touching the data if they're downloading it or or sharing it what are they what are they doing with it so right. fr- from from that standpoint that's how we can detect certain behavior right mm-hmm. that is um, you know that might be suspicious or mm-hmm. why is this particular role trying to access that data whereas that's out of uh, out of his his or her jurisdiction for example right, right? Yeah, yeah so so looking at it from that angle uh, it's 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 might appear retrospective but it's it can also be a way to look into patterns and behaviors so that you can prevent it uh, and predict perhaps yes exactly okay Antonio that was wonderful thank you very much oh it was my pleasure Richard Folks, I've been on the phone with uh, Antonio Di Castro, the Senior Industry Consultant, Health and Living Sciences over at SAS. We've been having a chat about what is interoperability in the healthcare system, how will it impact the healthcare system, some of the challenges in having health data sharing, and we've just wrapped up with a little bit about ways to overcome the threat of cybersecurity, perhaps, when digitizing the healthcare landscape. Now, um, if you missed any part of this show, don't forget you can download the podcast a little bit later on. It's available in the BFM app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. My name is Rich Bradbury for Tech Talk here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.